Welcome to the Songwriter Connection Podcast, where we look at the craft of songwriting through the eyes of the songwriter. Each week, we make a connection with a music maker, listen to their songs, and hear their stories. From Nashville, Tennessee, here's your host, Dave Lenahan. Hey, thanks for the download. Thanks for the listen. Songwriter Connection Podcast. You got to check out this band I discovered on Spotify this morning. They're called the Snyderville Electric Band. And the lead singer and guitar player is our guest on this show today. Check this out. That's a great song. The man that rides the hard wind. Hal Odell is our guest. Tell me about that band. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Dave. The uh, Snyderville Electric Band. Was there a place called Snyderville? Uh, <laughs> yes, it was. It's funny that um, when I was in that band, we were. I was living in Park City, Utah, uh-huh. and there's a little wide spot in the road outside of uh, Park City called Snyderville. Okay. And uh, there's just something musical about the name Snyderville. There is. One of the guys in the band lived right near there at the time. And uh, so when we got the band going and uh, <laughs> we're scratching around for a name and sort of settled on Snyderville. And That's cool. We, you know, so, <laughs> I think anyway. it's catchy. Yes, it's catchy. Yes, it's a real place. Real place. Population? Oh, few hundred. <laughs> few hundred. <laughs> yeah. I lived in Cincinnati, and down the river in Kentucky, there was a small town called Rabbit Hatch. Rabbit Hatch, nice. Where the mayor was a dog. (laughs) We elected a dog mayor. You can't make that up. You can't make that stuff up. But it was a really cool uh, community uh, with with music and everything. Hal Odell is my guest. Hal, you've been here a few years. It seems like you've been here forever. You are so entrenched in the songwriting community here. So many great songs when I hear you in rounds. In fact, we do a thing at the 12 Keys Saloon in Hermitage here. And uh, Hal was the very first guy to play a song. Uh, there in the round, and they can't take that away from you. Exactly. <laughs> can't take that away from me. No. In fact, he even wrote our theme song, which I posted online a few times. Everybody loves to hear him sing Wednesday night at 12 Keys, and maybe we'll get into that a little bit later oh, thank on. Thank you. Yeah. So so uh, you've been around. You, let's see, you were in Oklahoma City and to Utah, and that was snow country, right? Exactly. That was snow country. That's, that was what I tell people. We moved out there chasing... Uh, Music, mountains, and snow. And we Ooh. found them all. <laughs> and of course, your website is still Hell in the Mountains. It right? is Hell yeah. in the Mountains. Dot com. Check it out. Go there. You'll hear a lot of great a music. Lot of music. Yeah. And we're going to get into your writing styles and everything and, and, and into your music. But I want to play one of your um, recorded songs uh, because this is great production. Uh, this is called $4 Weed. And I, I've heard you play this at the 12 Keys and other places. It's a great song. So let's give this a listen. Hal Odell, our guest on the Songwriter Connection Podcast. Then we're going to do some live music. Get your guitar out. Blow sand in gullies, low rolling hills. The wind always pushing, nothing stands still. It's almost a garden, a lot of the years. 
But the desert beneath it, it's always right here. Four dollar wheat, four fifty to grow, stretched on the rack of God's holy plan. It took half a life, but finally I know it. He holds the rich in the palm of his hand. He holds the rich in the palm of his hand. I banked on the rain like blood from a stone. on the next year till the credit was gone The bank took the farm in the spring of 05 And I took a job at the tractor supply Four dollar wheat Four fifty to grow Stretched on the Holy plan It took half a life But finally I know it He holds the rich In the palm of his hand He holds the rich In the palm of his hand Like steel on my skin I still smell the sage And the curls of the wind But I don't raise nothing I just stare at these walls And I'm nothing but wet When the rain finally falls For the On the rack of God's holy plan It took half a life But finally I know He holds the rich in the palm of his hand He holds the rich in the palm of his hand Oh, he holds the rich in the palm of his hand That is such a beautiful song, and uh, Hal Odell is our guest on this Songwriter Connection podcast. The production of that is absolutely amazing. Oh, the violins, uh, all of that is just, it's just a, a great, uh, great song. So, uh, Hal, thanks for, for for being on the show and being uh, with us. My tell, pleasure. Tell us a little bit about the production of that. Who, who's who's doing? Who's spinning the dials? So the the producer there is a guy named Dave Smith Dave. here in town, mm-hmm. who uh, is. Uh, Historically, for the last several years, has toured with Toby Keith as wow. his utility player and background vocalist. And when he's not touring with Toby, he's uh, sometimes touring with Lee Greenwood. Ah. And when he's not doing one of those two things, <laughs> he's at home doing demos and uh, wow. song production. And 
Just a normal everyday. Just guy. a normal, yeah. Just, a, just a living that life. And then the um, the steel player is mm. a guy named Bruce Boughton. Beautiful. Who has, uh, I think, played steel on every Garth Brooks album. Wow. And then the fiddle player is a super friend of mine named uh, Megan Allen. Wow. Hmm. She's incredible. She is. That whole track is absolutely beautiful. And you can find that in howlinthemountains.com, your your web page. Great song. Now, I want to talk about the song itself because we always like the stories behind it. Um, Did you come from a farming uh, background? Uh, I didn't grow up in a farming background, but I grew up spending a lot of time in the country. And Mm -hmm. then during the time that we lived in Oklahoma City, we had and lived on a ranch for several years wow. okay and um, the, the the big thing for me there is I, I have a had a have a friend and mentor who was born and raised in the panhandle of Oklahoma mm-hmm. and I spent a lot of time you know worked with him for many years uh, he still had a family ranch out there and so I spent a lot of time with him and mm-hmm. When you drive across the that part of the world, you see ranches, and you also see quite a few little abandoned homesteads. Mm-hmm. And uh, those are, you know, people that you know, dusted out or just didn't make it, and the farms were absorbed into bigger farms. And so that was really the inspiration for this song was mm-hmm. the, you know, the sad reality of not making it, yeah, and having to change directions, selling wheat for four dollars at four fifty to grow it. Exactly, you know, and I knew that you know some of the nuts and bolts of the agricultural life aren't known to people, but mm-hmm. it's pretty clear that if you're spending four fifty to make it and you're mm-hmm. selling it for four dollars, yep, it's not going to last. <laughs> it's not going to last. Yeah, that's uh, that's not good math. That's for sure. No. Yeah. Um, Kari Phillips, who you know, right? Kari, you know Kari Phillips, right? She's a, she's a singer-songwriter around this town. and I know the name, but I don't know her. She has a ranch, and um, they call the Honky Tonk Holler. And uh, we've been writing a few times, and she was telling me about life on the ranch and how hard it is, you know. And I told him, I, I said to her one day, I said, it's not easy being country, is it? She goes, no, let's write that. No. <laughs> so uh, we wrote that song. So, no, But it's, anyway, it's yeah. It's a great way to live, tough way to make a living. A tough way to make a living, yeah. So, well, let's talk about you. Um, what brought you to Oklahoma? You, where are you from originally? Well, you go all the way back. I was born in uh, northeast Alabama or north central Alabama, Alabama. Jasper, Jasper, Alabama. Okay, good. Okay. And um, my so dad, are you a roll tide? Or a, I am a roll okay, tide. All right. I, I don't know. You don't want to mix that up down there. You get in trouble. No, no, no. You you got to you got to choose. And uh, <laughs> uh, my, my my dad actually played for Alabama in the sixties. Did he really? So yeah, we. Uh, we wow. we were definitely born and bred uh, roll tide. Pretty cool. He played for him. Huh? He did. Pretty, he played for awesome. Bear Bryant. So wow. uh, he worked his whole life for a good year and moved around the country eventually. And mm-hmm. so we lived in Tennessee for a few years. Ended up living in Kansas, and that's how I ended up out there in the uh, flyover part of the country, flyover which states, is, which is sort of what feels like home to me. Yeah. So lived in Kansas for a long time, ended up moving to Oklahoma City and lived there for 20 something years. Yeah. You had a uh, uh practice there. You were I did. A radiologist, I, I right? Went to 
went to medical school in Kansas and uh, went and did my training in Oklahoma City and then for a year in Birmingham, Alabama. Wow. Spent 20 years practicing radiology in Oklahoma City and you know, playing the guitar at night and singing in the shower. And, <laughs> So you kept your musical uh, roots active. That's right. Kept kept the uh, the fire was low, but it was always burning. It was always in the back of your mind. That's huh? right. So you decided to retire and, and make it the thing, huh? I did. You know, we um, we had talked for some time about what we, you know, how we saw life going, and um, we had spent time in the mountains. Of, around Park City uh, through the years. Spent a lot of time out there skiing and hiking and fishing. That's beautiful country. Huh? It is beautiful mm. country. But, um, you know, it's interesting. I had, had some uh, life changes go on. You know, had a, a son get married. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, my dad died in mm. toward the end of 2014. Wow. Which is... Um, and so I never looked at it as a midlife crisis, but it was definitely a little tap on the shoulder saying, mm-hmm. you know, how, if there are things you want to do, you ought to do them. Yeah. So a few months after that, we packed our little ditty bag and moved to Utah. And with the uh, intent of enjoying living in the mountains and... Is that what drew you the mountains? Or did you did you know f- from people there? Or what, what, what we we to... had a few friends there, yeah. but no, mm-hmm. we had we had just spent a lot of uh, winters and summers mm-hmm. vacationing out there. Wow! And just love the people there, and love the climate, and love the country. And I've always heard that was a beautiful state. Always, yeah, yeah just I, gorgeous. Yeah. So, so how long were you there? We were there. Um, Four years. Four L- years. Lived there four years. and But in that time, music really started to grow for you, didn't it? Music went uh, through the hobby phase, which lasted <laughs> about a month, into a, a full-time deal. And, yeah. uh, the, the band. The, the band, Snyderville Electric Band. The two guys that I was fortunate enough to fall in with, a drummer named Dan Lynch and a bass player named George Domalski. I think those are the two most important parts. They of the are band. absolutely <laughs> kind of have a groove, and and I was the lead guitarist and the uh, lead singer, the lead guitarist, the only guitarist. We were a three piece band, <laughs> like ZZ Top, right? Like ZZ Top, yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, but only different. <laughs> we we would love to have been really like ZZ Top. <laughs> Who wouldn't? But, yeah, but no, it, it was it, you know those guys had a lot of experience. Playing professionally, did they? As yeah. to, you know, and so they helped accelerate my learning in a way that I really couldn't have mm-hmm. uh, done otherwise. And really, when you get down the road, they they helped set the stage for me to be able to come and songwrite and play out and play shows comfortably. And, and being the lead guy up front, that was that a different thing for you? Is it or was that like a dream come true? You know it. When we first started that band, we had a lead guitarist, uh, uh, and I was playing rhythm guitar and singing. Okay. And that guy left to do other things, 
And uh, George and Dan said, you know what? Because I was playing lead on some songs just to mix things up. He said, why don't we try doing it as a three-piece? And hmm. I said, I said, okay, you're, if you're willing, I'm willing. And it, it was different, but I tell you, it was, it was really enjoyable to be a three-piece band because with only three musicians, everyone's role was integral all the time. Oh, yeah. Oh, and yeah. so no one ever got to sort of take a little mental break. No. <laughs> um, so, no, we, we ended up... Um, we well, made a record? We you did. were getting lots of gigs you were we, playing out? And we you... were. We played about 75 shows a year that, wow. that last year. We're, you know, we're starting to do weddings and corporate gigs. And, you know, we was definitely big fish in a small pond world, <laughs> but it, yeah. it was pretty sweet for me. It, it led to some cool things. It, you started writing seriously then, didn't you? I or, did. Did you always write before that? But Or no? Yes, I did. And actually, I, you know, look back, you know, there were few songs that I wrote in college and then a song that I would write here and there when the bug struck me. <laughs> but once that band got going, we're playing covers like everybody else does. Yeah, play the whole cover thing. Yeah. And I wrote a song or two and brought it to the band and, you know, we massaged it into shape and brought it to life and thought, this is really nice and played it, played the that song or those songs out and, got good response to it and started writing more songs and you know ultimately we were sort of a 50-50 covers and originals band and that's yeah. that's what we did and if, you know if you hired us for your wedding that's what you know that's, that's what, what you, you were going to get that's what you were going to get and, and and people liked that and it was more unique out there than it you know is in Nashville where gotcha. so many people do write original songs mm-hmm. But yeah, that that's where I got the bug for writing, and we you know enjoyed the songs, enjoyed playing them, singing them. Decided to write that album, and you know as part of that writing process, I started coming back and forth to Nashville mm-hmm. to be around writers and to do writing mm-hmm. seminars. And that's how it starts. That's how, exactly. That's how it starts. You uh, yeah. Yeah. you get you get sucked in. You do every time you head back. You feel like you're leaving a part of yourself back uh, in, in Nashville and eventually that's what happened for us anyway nine years ago but anyway the Snyderville Electric Band record is out there and you can get it on Spotify Absolutely, give it a listen it really is a cool record man you guys had a great Thank sound you. yeah it, we were uh, somewhere between southern rock and blues mm-hmm. and uh, oh yeah it was a it was a fun thing to do. And, I'll bet. You know, it sounds like you guys were having fun. It was a pleasure. Yeah. And I miss those guys. And We're going to come back to the Nashville journey in just a little bit. But you uh, recently won an award uh, from Songtown, which is a cool organization here in town that helps other songwriters. And um, tell us about this. Because I've, I've seen video of you playing this at um, the Bluebird Cafe. Mm-hmm. And I think the Listening Room. Both, yes. And you've played it for us at the 12 Keys on our writer's nights. It's a very special song. So it is. Tell me a bit about that. Well, um, so the the two people in Nashville that I write with the most, a guy named uh, Zach Hennard mm-hmm. and a guy named Greg Wilson. <laughs> Great and, guys. And we've written almost every Wednesday morning for... Probably almost four years now. My goodness, that's and, great. Uh, yeah, you know, we, we, you know, ultimately cultivated this 
tremendous friendship and comfort with each other in the writing room. But we had a young artist named Rowdy Shea that we brought in to write with us one day. And Rowdy wanted to write a song about how um, how a man should treat a woman. <laughs> and so we talked our way around that because, it, you know, been a lot of songs written about that subject. Yeah. Cleaning my gun. and Exactly. Yeah. And so <clears throat> where we ended up is, uh, you know, how does the father communicate to uh, the world, you know, how special that girl is? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, he's got to get them to see her through his eyes. And uh-huh. that's uh, that's where the song ended up. I've always heard that that's you, you. You find an idea like that. You knew what you wanted to write. You examine it. You look at it all different angles, and you decide where you want to put the camera, so to speak. Find that perspective because that's what you have as a songwriter. And you're very good at imagery and things like that, as we heard in the, the last song, uh, the Four Dollar Wheat. Um, but what you guys did on this, it's just it's just a masterpiece. Well, I will tell you. I wish I could remember the the guy's name to give him credit for this because it's certainly not anything that I thought up. But I was told once that a, you think of a song idea as being in a castle that has windows mm. scattered around it. And your job is to sort of wander around the castle, <laughs> look at me in the windows, and find an interesting window through which you can look at that idea. That is cool. Um, Love that. <laughs> that is so true. Uh, I think that is the, one of the best analogies I've heard in a long time. Wow. Yeah. Very, and I hadn't heard that before. But that's really cool. I think that's what we'll call this episode. <laughs> Looking in the castle's windows. Looking in the castle's windows. Yeah. It, well, um, back to this song. It was Songtown Song of the Year, 2022. It was, it was their country, country song of the year. And uh, we we were really it's a high honor. Pr- proud of that you know, recognition that, there are a lot of organizations in town. Mm-hmm. Um, but this one's run by two pro writers, this, this, Marty and Clay. Mm-hmm. Marty Dodson, Clay. Mills. Mills, that's right. No, Clay it's, it's mm-hmm. a fantastic organization. And their focus right down the line is not on making you a star. It's on making you a better songwriter. Yeah. Because that's the gold from which all the other things flow. Absolutely. And they keep the focus there. And that was, it was really, they've been really important to me through the few, last few years of uh, wonderful. You've learned a lot. Huh? I've learned a ton from them. And I, even if they gave me money, I still would brag on them, but they don't <laughs> give me any money. I give them money. <laughs> they've got a great podcast too, that I listen to. From time they, to do. Time. Yeah, they do. They do. So, uh, the whole, the, yeah. the whole thing for, for songwriters to become better songwriters. It's one of the best Songtown. organizations. And I was really Check proud. Like I yeah. said, yeah, proud to be a part of them and proud to be recognized or for that song to be recognized well, let's do this song we've set it up perfectly and uh, you looked into the right windows and you found the perspective and I think you guys did a wonderful job well, of this song it is called what? this is called More Than Just a Girl More Than Just a Girl the Songwriter Connection Podcast with Hal Dell today Showed up at her front door Her dad said come on in She'll be down in a minute Let's sit for a second Before your date begins 
He wasn't cleaning on no shotgun. He didn't try to scare me off. He didn't preach like I expected. He just began to talk. He said, I cried when she took her first breath. I was there for her first steps. I'll see her in those pigtails every day that I got left. She's my heart. She's my soul. She's the light of my whole world. So remember when you walk her out that door. She's so much more than just a girl. She's her mama's only daughter. Got her grandma's middle name. She came three weeks early, already in a hurry on the day our whole world changed. He said, I ran beside her first bike. I taught her how to drive. I say I love you way too much, but I mean it every time. She's my heart, she's my soul. She's the light of my whole world. So remember when you walk her out that door. She's so much more than just a girl. She walked in the room. I stood up and shook his hand. I saw a girl through a father's eyes and began to understand. That pretty blonde from English class was so much more than that. Don't believe me, just ask her dad. He said, I cried when she took her first breath. I was there for her first steps. I'll see her in those pigtails every day that I got left. She's my heart, she's my soul, she's the light of my whole world. So remember. When you walk her out that door Please remember She's so much more So much more than just a girl mm-hmm. There you are. What a powerful song. Hello, Dell, our guest. Thank you. Yeah, more than just a girl. More than just a girl. Mm. That song's had such an impact. Not just a an award winner, but you get invited to play uh, play that a lot, don't you? Yeah, you know, I, I guess that uh, one of the blessings of creating music is that it goes out there and it lives and it develops a life of its own. And it does, so, doesn't it? yeah, um, that song has been played as a re- recording at maybe a dozen weddings already since oh. last year when we wrote it. Greg Wilson, is he went to Kentucky to play it at a wedding. He went wow. to South Carolina to play it at a wedding. Uh, wow, that's great. Yeah, it, uh, It's a good father-daughter dance. It, it? it is. Yeah. That, that's that's what it, it gets used for, is that yeah. father-daughter dance. Oh, and yeah. We're uh, honored and gratified that it that's touches cool. people like it does. Yeah, that's songwriting right there. And that's pay. You know, some people get uh, measure success by uh, money, some by cool experiences like that. Oh, no, you're you're dead on, man. Right? Yeah. Let's take a break and we'll come back more with uh, Hallow Dell, our guest on Songwriter Connection Podcast. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the Songwriter Connection, connecting with music makers and hearing their songs and stories. Now back to the show with your host, Dave Linehan. We're with Hal O'Dell. He's our guest on the Songwriter Connection podcast. Pretty cool songwriter in this town. Seems like he's in great demand. You write with a lot of different folks, don't you? You really do. I, I do write with a lot of people, and um, I've been I've been fortunate to you know find my way into mm-hmm. writing with some really good people and really good writers and uh, I've got a, a circle of artists that I, I write with that uh, it's good to write with the artists it's exciting it is yeah. and that's yeah. for, for me you know songs that are lyric driven are done best when the artist is a part of that because mm-hmm. he's he's got to sell that story exactly. it's got to resonate if it resonates with him or her then that artist can sell that song to the audience oh yeah and if it's just a song, then it comes across as just a song. Yeah. More than just a song. More than, yeah, I, like, right. I like that. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, anyway. <laughs> I digress. We'll give you credit. We'll give you credit for that. <laughs> I write that down. Uh, yeah. Hello, Dollar Guest. And boy, I tell you, you, you we talked about Atlanta or uh, Utah and the beautiful mountains and the skiing and the snow country and it's, it's a gorgeous place. Uh, the move to Nashville had to be a. Tough choice. I mean, from where you were there in God's country to Music City. Yeah, you know, it, it was tough, and it was a, a a little bit of a leap of faith to change directions from you know this band that at the small town level we were doing well, we we're getting a lot of work and having a lot of fun. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I so appreciate that opportunity to have spent time with those guys making music the way we did. But I, uh, I felt at the time that the songwriting was something that really worked for me. That mm-hmm. that I, 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 you know, I didn't feel good at it necessarily, but I felt like I could be. That you, there was there was the potential there. It was kind of a calling. Huh? There was absolutely yeah. uh-huh. a calling, yeah. and. And also, I think you did it right. You know, Mark Allen Barnett, who's uh, been one of the sponsors of the show and has been on the show uh, a few times and teaches a lot of songwriting. Um, he says it a lot. He tells folks, you know, there's, there are people that will quit their jobs, sell their house, come here with no <laughs> no foreseeable income and, and just take their chance and come and do this. And uh, a lot of them, you know, leave in, in, in misery. Um, and... Uh, <laughs> He's like, no, don't do that. <laughs> Work at it. Or like you and I, we retired and we decided now we're going to, you know, go after that that passion that That's we've right. had for the music and the songwriting. So you did it right. No, Bell, look, you did it right. Yeah. Look, I, I, my hat's off to the people in their 20s that uh, come here on that dream mm. with nothing and chase it as 
doggedly as I see some of them. Oh, yeah. Dude, my hat's off to oh, them. Oh, mine too. I mean, I live in the car for a while. And you've oh, heard this story. Everything. I write yeah. with these people. Yeah, that, yeah. You know, and mm-hmm. I see the the things they're willing to endure for mm-hmm. that musical dream. And I, it, I, I will tell you, it, coming from, you know, like you, you know, you work and you have a career and then you come do this, mm-hmm. the danger that I perceived, and I still believe this, was to be looked at as someone that's just playing at it, doing it as a hobby. Yeah. And so I committed so from the day that I came here that I'm going to give this all the attention, time-wise, energy-wise, that I ever gave my career mm. as a physician. And we know how hard you worked to get I, I did. To and that. and yeah. um, because... I, what I wanted and what I still want out of this music career is to be a peer of these people in this town full of magically talented songwriters and artists. It's just so incredible. It's, isn't it? it's everywhere you go. Unreal. There's amazing talent. We were in Alabama last week, just as an example, and we went to an open mic. <clears throat> and I couldn't believe the difference between what we see here in Nashville. To what we saw down there, it's quite a difference. Uh, not only a style, but quality of song and performance. Yes, yeah, yes. And I know that to a lot of you, that may sound like Nashville ego talking, but I really think it's true. I really do. Uh, well, it's you know, it's, you you take this country and you take all, not all, so many of the people that have the talent and the drive and the desire, and you have a move to this town. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And They're all stars in their own right in their own communities, and now they come here to the big leagues. And they work yeah. with each other and become better and push each other to be better. That's what I love about it, just the community here. Yeah. And so, yes. No, it, it's it's not arrogance on the part of people in Nashville. It's just the reality that all, you know, so many talented people end up here. Mm-hmm. And the proof is in the pudding. I mean, if you if you visit here to Nashville and you're a songwriter or a performer, just go to one of the open rounds. Go to the go, you know, the, the songwriter rounds are everywhere. They're, they're the Commodore, the uh, uh, Maxwell House, um, uh, the Listening Room. <laughs> if you can get into the Bluebird, good luck. You know, um, you know, Twelve Keys, and you're you're going to hear. You will notice a difference in not only the songs and the styling, but the performance as well. Uh, now, you know, it, it, not every and not every songwriter is a great performer. You know, and so let me say that too, and and that's fine. But they can still sell that song to an audience. They've learned how to do that. Oh well, yeah. yeah, and that, that's a really interesting thing about songwriter rounds in Nashville. Like you say, it's really pleasing to hear someone who's both a good writer and a good performer. Mm-hmm. But um, you can appreciate the person that. He can carry a tune just far enough to sell you his song, mm-hmm. Me. but you but you listen to the song, yeah, and you hear the 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 imagery, imagery. The furniture, that's the, right. The, the stories that you know, the the way they uh, they paint pictures of words basically is, is what they do, and they're able to do that. Um, it's pretty interesting. Let me ask you this: so you come here to Nashville, and uh, first uh, first writers round uh, that you played. A little intimidating? Was it a little different? You know, the first one you watched? The the first one that I played at was at the Commodore. Uh-huh. And I was here for a conference and went downstairs. Mm-hmm. You know, Commodore Grill's in the 
main floor of that Holiday Inn over on West End. Mm-hmm. Your Vanderbilt. Yeah. That's right, right, right by mm-hmm. Vanderbilt. So I go go down there, and they had they had an open mic at the end of their writers' rounds, and so I'm going to go there and listen and sign up and mm-hmm. see if you can get in. For, for, yeah. for some reason, a guy named Billy Lee <laughs> was was running the round that night instead of Debbie uh-huh. Champion. And I said, oh, I'd like to play in the open mic. He said, well, there's a chair up on stage. Why don't you just go out there and play? Ah, no kidding. Yes. And, wow. <laughs> and I said, well, okay. And, you know, you play in a open mic night. And usually you play your one song and go sit down. But this right. was, you know, this was just getting to go up in the round. And I played three or four songs. Did you? So, yeah, it was, it was probably good for me to just get thrown in before I pondered what it was going to be like. <laughs> Um, Billy just threw you right. He in. just said, "Well, go on. There's, chair's empty." I said, "Oh, okay." Were you nervous? <laughs> Not so much, and and I because you've played I, before that, people, that, but that but, was the big the big yeah. difference for me, and that's why I'd said earlier that it was a blessing to have those years in Snyderville Electric Band with those guys. Yeah, I'd been on stage, yeah, hundreds of times. You know, sometimes you're in a bar playing for twenty people, and sometimes we had shows that had you know four or five hundred people out. Yeah. Wow. And so I had become comfortable being in front of people. And that. But all of a sudden you're stripped down with just you and a guitar. Well, that, that, that's, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's the difference. That, yeah, there's yeah. there's no one to hide behind. Um, yeah. yeah. You and the mic. Yeah. It, it, was, it was good. And, and that, honestly, you know, there are a lot of reasons to play Riders Rounds. But to me, one of the reasons for me, it sort of feeds your soul as a performer still. And, it does. I, and I, you know, I try to play a house show or a private concert or some sort of this. concert once every you know month or so mm-hmm. because I because I like to perform I like to sell these songs yeah. um, and you get immediate feedback which is really cool and I come from the radio industry you never got immediate feedback <laughs> you know <laughs> two weeks later somebody's like hey I listened to your show and you did that one bit you know and, and you go oh well okay but when you're playing a song for somebody whether it be a private party or, or on stage at the Commodore Grill, you get instant feedback. You know what's working, what isn't. That's right. Don't you? You can you can see when you've got them, and you can see when you've lost when them. you don't. <laughs> Picking up the phones, and you see the phones. That's right. That's <laughs> yeah. right. You see the top of their heads. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, oh, it's a wonderful art, isn't it? Yeah. How about we do another song? Okay. I know you're ready for one, and... Um, oh, and I think I know which one you want to play next, and uh, you got your harmonica there. Yeah, yeah. so... This, uh, let me just set it up a little bit. Please. A mm-hmm. friend of mine in town that I've written with for a couple of years, a guy named John Frank. We've written a lot of songs. John's talented, man. John is a talented guy. And, you know, I'm more towards the roots country, mm-hmm. neo-traditional country side of music. John is definitely more toward the pop country side. Oh, yeah. He's really talented at writing what he writes. But for some reason, he and I click, and he he brought this idea into the writing room. He and I were writing, and he uh, brought it in, and I and I said, I said, John, this is maybe the best roots country hook I have ever had the chance to write. Really, and I was excited just to hear it. It took us three writing sessions to write that song. Every time we got together, I was more excited about it. Oh, as I love a song. that feeling. Yeah. And if it feels like I'm holding the hook back from you, it's because I am holding the <laughs> hook back from you. Um, I love songs like that. It's, it's like telling a good joke. That's Pull right. Pull the rug out from that's right. at the end. Yeah. 
So stay stay for forty eight seconds and you can hear the hook. <laughs> you got me captivated. <laughs> All right. Hallodell, live around the dining room table on the Songwriter Connection Podcast. Empty church, early morning, the sun cutting through that stained glass like a knife. My head hurts, I'm hanging on to this fifth beam I need to start my day off right. I'm down here at the end of my rope. Looking up for a little hope So Lord, if you're real and you're listening And you don't think I'm past forgiving Is there something in that Bible To pull me out of this bottle Cause the life I've made It ain't worth the living I hope I still belong to you Cause if I don't I'm just a drunk In a church pew Broken home Broken vows I broke everything I had The devil must be proud Don't know why You take me in If I were you, I'd hate the man I've been But Lord, if you're real and you're listening And you don't think I'm past forgiving Is there something in that Bible To pull me out of this bottle Cause the life I've made, it ain't worth the living I hope I still belong to you Cause if I don't I'm just a drunk In a church pew last place I ever thought I'd be But here I am down on my knees So Lord if you're real and you're listening And you don't think I'm past forgiving Is there something in that Bible to pull me out of this bottle Cause the life I've made, it ain't worth living I hope I still belong to you Cause if I don't, I'm just a drunk in a church pew
hope I still belong to you Cause if I don't I'm just a drunk in a church pew Hello Dell. Mm. I think it's the first time we've had a harmonica and a guitar around the dining room table. It's a great song. <clears throat> the great imagery too in that song. You know lines like uh, the uh, sun cutting through the uh, stained glass like a like a knife, you know, and Thank you. puts you right there in that pew uh, with that gentleman there. And in other, we talked about perspective and looking into the windows of the castle. Um, just it's a conversation with God that he's having. It is it, talking to the big man, you know. You know, <clears throat> and to me, the the beauty of this song is also the frightening part. Is that is this guy who doesn't know if there's something out there for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's he's praying out of that place of being afraid that uh, yeah. there's nobody out there. Wow. But he's praying anyway. And I, I like that. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty cool. And I love the fact when you get a co-write a song like that, and I've heard uh, John Frank do it too. And um, both versions just uh, strike you very hard. And that's a testament to the song. It really is. Thank you. Yeah. And, um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I've enjoyed this song. <laughs> We've got this song that uh, we talked about Zach Hennard earlier and Greg Matthews, who's a dear friend, lives around the corner. Um, he wrote a song called Bald Tires. And each one of us does it different. We've got our own versions uh, of the song. But, uh, so th- you know, but it happens. You know, that's, that's the beauty of co-writing, isn't it? So everybody in town <laughs> has a list in their head. Uh-huh. And it's a list of songs they wish they'd written. written. Yeah. And that song, Ball Tires, is really? on my at 100%. Oh. Oh, it's on. on my No, it is. Uh, on my list of songs that I wish I had written. Oh, Ball Tires you, is on there. It's going to be on my new record coming out next mm-hmm. year. So. My version. <laughs> so, yeah. so your stuff is out there too, right? We can hear it. We're at. It is. You, uh, the best place to find it is at, on my website, howlinthemountains.com. And if, uh, if that whets your appetite and you want to hear more, mm-hmm. you can go to soundcloud.com and look for Howl in the Mountains. And there's... You're going to find him. There's probably 60 or 70 songs. On is there. there really? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, you can you can get get the deep tracks there. That deep tracks, <laughs> yeah, one of my favorite radio stations on Sirius XM. That's right. Yeah, and Hell in the Mountains, you've got some uh, some great songs on there too. Thank you really do. People can listen in. So, uh, hey man, that's a uh, that's a pretty cool story. Do, do you think we got covered it all? Where, where are you going to go from here? What's the next? What's the big goal? My big goal for my music, like I, you know, yeah. Partly, I talked before about having a seat at the table mm-hmm. with with the talented professionals that I'm getting yeah. to know in this town and having a seat as a peer right. to some of those people. So that's one goal. I think you're you know, accomplishing more and more you. every day. Thank yeah. you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Trying to yeah. make, make steps every day. Musically, my goal is to be able to go to venues and hear artists do songs that we've written, songs mm-hmm. that I've written, and hear... To hear, Always a thrill to hear those songs interpreted. Oh, it is. Oh. A, it's a you know, it's an amazing thrill. You know, you had talked about this. Yeah, it's just happened for us. Yeah, uh, over know, the weekend. So, yeah. a, an artist that I've written with a lot, you know, is a guy named Ben Gerald, mm-hmm. and he and he did the, a version of Bald Tires. He did a version of Bald Tires on his last album. It's like the fourth different version. That, <laughs> I'm telling you that that song is a song. It's a real, a proper song, as uh, friends of mine say. I know you write a lot with Ben, and he's he's really a cool yeah. artist. Yeah. One of that outlaw kind of country. Guy. He is a, yeah. definitely an old school guy, but he had a, a 
an artist showcase, full band show at the Bluebird uh, this last week, and played, you know, let's say I'd say he played ten or eleven songs, and I had co-written maybe eight of those with wow. him. Wow, what a feeling! And yeah, to, so to sit in the audience and hear those songs, uh, yeah, interpreted, you know, by him at, a, at in the full band setting, and that band is hot. Let me tell you, he's got a talented yeah. band. He's yeah. a talented, talented cat. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's just special, and so look, I loved being an artist. Mm-hmm. At the, you know, here again, small, <laughs> big fish in a small pond. I enjoyed that. Yeah. But to hear people that are um, trying to do it on a big scale mm-hmm. do your songs out in the world that that it's that's what does rush. it for me, man. That it is that the rush, is it? isn't it? Let me tell you. And then. Uh-huh. If we go farther out into the future, mm-hmm. it's going to be to play writers' rounds uh-huh. and play those songs, and have people say, "Oh, that's a Ben Gerald song," and I say, "Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that is." But Ben and I wrote that song, so yeah, because that. And if if you're hearing this and you're not in Nashville, you might not be familiar with going to writers' rounds where there are actual hit writers playing. I would I would just had that experience this this past weekend. Uh, in Alabama, went to the Frank Brown Music Festival, oh, which I've been hearing about for absolutely. years. Absolutely. Finally, we, Patty and I said, "We're just going to go and experience it." And y- you're right when you hear a song that you recognize. You know, guys like uh, Brian Waite, who says he's going to be on this show next year, which, and I'm looking forward. Who, who wrote with Steve Dean? Uh, I've been watching you. Mm-hmm. He tells a story about it, and you hear, hear that song. Or you know, a guy like Tom Connors, who I never knew, but his first song out, Tommy plays this song that I absolutely love, and from the first. Two lines, I recognized it as a Bobby Pinson song from his album, and I believe it was the title cut. That's who I thought I was. Um, you know, and, and it was my favorite album that year, country album that came out that year. And here's the guy who wrote it. And, and I don't think anybody else in the room had the same impact I did. And after the show, I said, Hey, man, I love that. That was Bobby Pinson, right? He goes, Oh, yeah, you know that song. And I go, yeah, man, that was one of my favorites, you know. Uh, so, yeah, it's cool, you know. It's, it's, yeah, yeah, you know. And, you know, I'll tell you another st- quick story. Um, we went into Florabama, which is this bar that we've talked about on the show before with Chad Wilson. It was We went in to see Chad. And um, the guy playing before him, there was two guys with him. Uh, he was, he was, the place was packed, and he commanded this audience. And he was an older guy. And um, I didn't know who he was. And Chad goes, well, you, you keep an eye on him. His name's Mark uh, Mark Cheryl. And uh, he goes, he's, he's written a big song you're going to know. And his last song of the night, sure enough, it was Old Red. Oh, you're kidding. Old Red, which was also done by Johnny Cash and Kenny Rogers, but everybody knows the Blake Shelton version. And you're like, wow, that's the dude that wrote that song. And it's a brilliant song. So, yeah, that's, that's the brush of being a song. You know, and the flip side of that. Yeah. Uh, this is probably eh, it would have been two or three years ago. I was during Americana Fest. Went to a writers' round that Jeff Cohen was putting on. Jeff's a songwriter and is an artist. Um, anyway, he has these people up here playing and singing, and he gets to the end. And this um, young woman playing, and he said, uh, "Oh, uh, here's Ingrid Andrus. You probably don't know who she is." But this song she's going to play for you, uh, you're going to be hearing it. Yeah. And uh, now I'm sitting here. Breaking more hearts than mine. That's right. More hearts than mine. Yeah. And What an impact song. And she plays this thing and you're like, 
Holy <laughs> smoke. There's the bar. <laughs> and so then to see it start to appear, you know, six or eight months later when it finally worked its way through. Yeah, it's absolutely. It's just cool. Yeah. It's cool to see, you know, that far behind the song. Right. We were really fortunate uh, bringing uh, songwriters up to Cincinnati. We did songwriter festivals. We had a great NSAI group there. And uh, I don't know if I've ever told this story on the, the podcast before, but uh, two things that really stick in my mind. One of my favorite writers, uh, Wynn Varble, mm-hmm. uh, came and visited us. And Wynn said, um, Brad Paisley's going to cut this song. And this is years before it became a hit. He played Waiting on a Woman. And when he got uh, to that part about, you know, sitting on a park bench and, you know, if they got any, and uh, he doesn't mind waiting on a woman, we about dropped our beers. You were like, oh, you know, that's brilliant songwriting. And then the other thing, Will Nance, who's also going to be on this show oh, nice. uh, coming up, <clears throat> uh, Will wrote a song about his wife that Brad Paisley recorded. Of course, he changed some of the words so it was more about his wife and not Will's wife. And I can't wait to have Will tell you this story. But it was She's Everything. And again, we heard that, you know, he said, yeah, this is going to be a single. And we heard it, you know, a year and a half or so before it was a hit. And so that, that those are the magic songwriting moments. So, cool. and you never know how I got a feeling that somebody will pick up that, that song, um, more than just a woman. And, uh, maybe pe- people listening to this podcast will go, I remember listening to that before that was a hit. And anyway, I hope that's the case for you. That's my wish for you. From, from your lips to God's ears. <laughs> How about you play a song to take us out, man? I've certainly enjoyed right. our conversation. No, it's been it's been fun, Dave. Mm-hmm. Thank you for the opportunity to uh, oh, to my talk pleasure. and my pleasure. Hal Odell, and by the way, there's no apostrophe between the O and the D, or is there? All right, this is, this is complicated, <laughs> as so many things are. It, in in the uh, is there a song in this? <laughs> no, there's okay. no song in this. Used to be, it didn't matter what characters your name had in because you were writing them in with a pencil or right. a pen. But in this computer age, yeah. sometimes they don't let you have an apostrophe. And sometimes they do. And I just made an executive decision to take it out. Take it out. So it's out. So. A- o capital D. O capital D. E-L-L. Look him up. Hal in the Mountains. Hal in the Mountains. All right. So I'll take you out with a song that I wrote with, uh, again, with Greg Wilson. Brilliant. And uh, he had this this idea about... Um, math <laughs> and and how to wait you said there was going to be no math that's right I said there was going to be no math you don't have to do you don't even have to show your work but um, yeah it's just making ends meet in a hard part of the world and this yeah. this song is called Harlan County Math and it's it's it is what it is it's about uh, trying to survive uh, in a place that's not set up for that very mm. well So this is Harlan County Math. Four miles to the blacktop, four more till you get to town. Four kids and a strung out wife, every step a little deeper down. And every check from the government comes along with a couple of bills. Daytime work, it won't pay them off But dealing in the nighttime will So you burn a double tank of minor station gas Driving 80 pounds of Appalachian grass To the far side of Ohio Every mile on some old back road You come home with a shoebox full of cash it all adds up to the only chance I have That's Harlan County Math 
Used to be the coal mines, then them backwood stills. These days it's slinging oxy, and to hell with who it kills. Cause there ain't no more jobs, and there ain't nowhere to go. And there ain't no use to praying, cause God ain't gonna show. So you burn a double tank of miner station gas, driving eighty pounds of Appalachian grass to the far side of Ohio. Every mile on some old back road, you come home with a shoebox full of cash. It all adds up to the only chance I have That's Harlan County Math Harlan County Math Hopeless, ain't no change. See it carved in these lines on my face. When every day is a battle to the death, smell the desperation like whiskey on my breath. Alabama to Ohio, the only thing that I know what's gone. Ain't never coming back Add it up You'll see the answer draped in black That's Harlan County Math Harlan County Math miles to the blacktop, four more till you get to town. Four kids and a strung-out wife ever step a little deeper down. Hello, Dell. Hello, Dell. And a song written by Greg Wilson, yes. by the way. He's brilliant. And he was the uh, fourth guest uh, season one. We were doing it seasons at one time. So, uh, And we called that episode the Louisville Slugger. So more on him. You can check that out. Just go back to past episodes. I think it's about time we have him on again because he is a great friend and a he's just unreal the the songs that guy it it really is he's one of those two three uh, sessions a day uh, writers and he never gets tired and he 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 does uh, this little video series he calls the grind is real that's correct (laughs) grinds it out every day man although although this week Greg Greg's down on the beach in the gulf and so This week, the grind is not real. <laughs> the <laughs> well, grind deserves be, a little downtown. It, it'll be real again next week. Yeah, down at the beaches of, of uh, uh, Destin, Florida, which right. I love. Those yeah, green, Greg, green waters. Greg yeah. and I are playing a house show Saturday night. Yeah. Uh, and then we're playing at, at a new place in Murfreesboro Sunday. Oh, okay. So, so What's that one called? Mm, don't know. I asked too many. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm, I'm smart enough to have written it down in a place where I can find it, uh, so I don't have to know. In Hop, Murfreesboro, Hop Springs Beer Park. Oh. So this is a this is a new writers round put on. Uh, um, you know, uh, 
Robert Abernathy. I know. Anyway, he's a writer that's usually splits time between Birmingham, Alabama, and here. He's a fantastically talented artist and writer. Anyway, he's Wonderful. up here. He's putting on this round, and so well, it sounds like there's that, beer. So. That's where we'll be at the yeah. beer park. <laughs> you had me at beer. <laughs> This has been episode 80 on the, uh, the Songwriter Connection podcast. Join us again next week, all right? And Hal, thank you for being on the show. Oh, Appreciate thanks you, Thanks for man. the chance. Enjoyed our conversation. Thank you for listening to the Songwriter Connection podcast. Find us on social media at Songwriter Connection. Also, listen to Dave Lanahan's Nashville Connections radio show. It streams live every Friday morning on WOBL and WNOI. Look for us on Facebook and YouTube. See you next time on Songwriter Connection. 